Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Algrimson. Thank you for joining us today. Now, today we're recording down in the Fort Worth area. Uh, my wife and I came down to spend some time with the church that we partner with, and they're having a special picnic event on Sunday, so we're looking very forward to that. And so we're actually recording from our hotel room here in Fort Worth, and uh, it's I got to tell you, the drive down was beautiful, and this time of year, everything is green. It's really, really pretty. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is God is faithful. Not just faithful, but faithful. There is nothing in existence that exceeds the ability of God's faith or can exhaust God's faith. And He put a measure of His faith into every born-again believer. That includes you. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this qualifies you as a born-again believer, and He put a measure of His faith in you. Glory to God. He is faithful. So let's look at 1 John 1.9. You know, we can't get away from Scripture here. We've got to stay with Scripture. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it reads, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And unrighteousness is that thing that gets between us and God. It disturbs our fellowship with Him. And, and this is good. So that if we confess our sins, He's faithful, He's righteous. He forgives us our sins. He cleanses us. Uh, he gets that impediment out of the way so that we have that clear communication with God the Father. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, it reads, But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Now, that's really good. He's talking about the devil here. So God is faithful, and He will strengthen us, and He will protect us from the acts of the devil. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, Faithful is He who calls you and He will also bring it to pass. The Lord's got a call on your life, not only to be a full son, full daughter, but also an additional call, a special call that is yours and yours alone. Now, He's going to call you to it, whether it's ministry or it's service or whatever it is. It may be ministry it helps. It could be anything out there. He's going to call you to it, but He's going to bring it to pass also. That means He's going to fully equip you for that calling. He doesn't just put a call on your life and say, okay, now you go figure out how it's going to happen. He wants you to be diligent and to listen to Him, be faithful, and He will help you to bring it past. He will bring it past to pass for you. Now, let's move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This one is important. Write this one down. Remember, the notes are on the blog page, truepatriotministries.org slash blog, and the notes are there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is really important because here we see something special. And it reads, No temptation has overtaken you but such as common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation, he will provide you the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. 
So God knows temptation is going to come. We're in this world. It's a fleshly world. It's a fallen world. Uh, it's a world of sin and death. And that temptation, this is what the devil uses to try to catch us, to uh, gain access to us, whatnot. And so that temptation, it's going to come no matter what. So God can't stop the temptation, but what he can do is he can help you to endure it. He's going to help you to escape it. Uh, one of the ministers that I'm fond of put it this way. He's not going to put you in the boxing ring with a boxer that you can't defeat. Okay. He's only going to put you in the ring with those things that you can defeat. And he knows you can defeat them because it's through him that you defeat them. So let's move on. Romans 4, verse 21. And being fully assured that what God has promised, he was also able to perform. So God's telling us here, look, I, my promises are there. They're in the word of God. You need to search them out and find them. But what, what I've promised you, I can deliver on. So we don't have to worry about, is this God, you know, is our God enough? Because he's more than enough. Now, salvation and God's righteousness. We're going to get into some nitty-gritty here. So God's faith was enough to bring Jesus into the earth as man. Okay, so we're speaking to the ability of God's faith here. God's faith was enough to bring Jesus along with every person that was, that is, and that will be out of the pit of hell. God's faith was enough to seat Jesus at his right hand in the throne. All of this is evidenced in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you missed our Easter uh, special, we did a, a week-long special from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday uh, that went through the majority of, of the Scripture from those two dates, from Palm Sunday all the way through to Easter Sunday. And, and if you missed it, go back and listen to it. There's a lot in there, and you don't want to be absent of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's jump down to Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 13. And it reads, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to the righteousness of God. So they're, they're trying to operate outside of God here and, and attain to their own righteousness. And it goes on, verse 4, Christ is the end of the law unto righteousness for everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is based on the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. That simply means what Moses said is if you are going to focus on the law, if the law is the way that you choose to earn your righteousness, then you are going to have to live by the law. Man cannot attain to the perfection of the law. 
That's why God comes along through Christ and gives us grace, and He gives us righteousness through Christ, because Jesus was the only one who attained to righteousness by the law, and He came and He fulfilled that law. So let's go on, verse 6. It says, But the righteousness which is based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now I want to point this out real quick here. In verse 10 it says, For the heart, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, that righteousness is through Christ Jesus. The righteousness of the law comes through the mind, because the mind is full of sin and death. It cannot attain to the righteousness of the law ever. It can't do it. So Christ came so that we can, we can believe through the heart, through the Spirit, and receive righteousness through Jesus, God's righteousness, not ours, and not the righteousness of the law, but God's righteousness through Jesus Christ. We receive in our hearts. Okay, For in 10 it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let's go on to 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him, him being Jesus, will not be ashamed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is generous toward all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. His faith is in everyone who believes in Jesus. I want you to catch this. There was the only qualification is you call on the name of the Lord for salvation. Okay. I did a special series uh, a few months ago called Becoming. And I think it was a six or seven part series. And it goes through all the, the elementary principles of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Okay. So it covers the milk, right? So that we can get the milk down and go on to meat. Well, the baptisms and all of that is in there. If you missed it, go back and listen to it so that you can come up to speed and you can understand some of this a little better because it's not me that you need to understand. It's not me that you gain knowledge from. It's not in me, through me, by me. Okay? It's in Christ. It's through Christ. It's by Christ. So it's Scripture. And that's where you're going to find your wisdom, where you're going to find your knowledge, your understanding. Okay? That's where revelation is going to hit you, is through Scripture. So don't get caught up in the man. Get caught up in the Word of God and stay with it. So let's move on. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God has given to every man the measure of faith. And, and that speaks to what I said too about it's not about the man. Okay. It's, there may be grace on me, 
by God. There may be favor on me from God. There may be a calling and an anointing, but it's still from Him. It's not from me. I can't manifest it on my own. Okay? It is the thing that the Lord is putting on me in order to get His Word out into this world. And so if even if I were to, to betray that, uh, that grace that's been given to me, okay, it would be removed from me and, and so many other things. And so it's not me. You want to make sure it's in Scripture and it's the anointed Word, and, and you receive it as the anointed Word. Now, Jesus, this is one thing that I, I want you to see, okay, is that Jesus is a stumbling block for those under the law. If we look at 1 Corinthians 1, and we're going to look at verses 23 through 25, it reads, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, we preach Christ as the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So let's look again, after reading that, let's look again at Romans 10, verses 3 through 5. Okay, It reads, For being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to the righteousness of God. Verse 4, Christ is the end of the law under righteousness for everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is based on the law. The man who does these things shall live by them. So I want you to see that because Jesus is the only way, uh, the only power, the only person that we can go through to have the righteousness of God. We can't attain to it ourselves. Because our knowledge, our wisdom, this worldly knowledge, this worldly wisdom, it's foolishness to God. And so we have to approach it through the Spirit, not through the mind. And the only way to approach it through the Spirit is through Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see something here. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8-9. through 9. His faith will stop. His faith in you. So God's faith, the measure of faith that you were given, right? That's God's faith. His faith in you is strong enough to stop the devil. So verse 8 reads, Be sober and watchful because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him firmly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are experienced by your brotherhood, throughout the world. So it's telling you right here, okay, you can resist him firmly in the faith. Okay, we read earlier where he's not going to put you in the ring with something that you can't defeat. All right? And remember, when Jesus was on the cross, he said it is finished. And he claimed victory over the devil, and we're joint heirs, so that victory is our victory. When Jesus said it is finished, he said it is finished. It is everything under the curse is finished. We just have to know how to receive that and then how to put our faith with it and use it. And so his faith, God's faith in you will move mountains. 
Look at Matthew 21, verses 21-22. Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and be thrown into the sea, it will be done. And whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe, you will receive. That's very good. Now, the same faith that saves. And what faith is that? Let's read. Uh, Let's see. We are in, I believe, verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. This is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be ashamed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is generous. Oh, the same Lord overall is generous toward all who call upon him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That same faith, okay, and that was in, uh, I believe, Romans 10. That very same faith is the same faith that heals. Look at 1 Peter 2.24. Who, speaking of Jesus, his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that being the cross, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus attained to healing for us once and for all. We just got to learn where is it and how to receive it. How do I apply our faith to it? Uh, Psalm 107, verse 20. This is another one of my favorites on healing. It reads, He, God, sent His Word, which is Jesus, and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So here we see healing and we see deliverance. Okay, Look up the word soteria. In the Greek, the word salvation is soteria, and it means a lot more than just salvation. So there's a little homework. Go look it up. Now, if you've got a strong concordance, that's the best place to find it. So the same faith that gets you saved or saves you, it makes you rich. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It reads, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might be rich. That's part of that blood covenant, that covenant that God made with us, man, sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb. That is our blood covenant. We are a part of that. God can't break it. God doesn't break covenants. Man does. And so if we will stand in that covenant, then the things, the promises that God has for us in His Word, they're ours. We just have to receive them. Okay? Look at Romans 2.4. And and this, I'm putting this in here because people have a hard time with the word riches. And they get confused. You know, and so let's, let's take riches away from money. It's not just money, okay? Jesus made us rich in the Spirit. He made us rich in the in the soul, and he made us rich in the body, and we're rich in this world. And if you don't believe that, then you need to go back and study the blessing of Abraham, what God did through Abraham, and that was pre-Moses. So it was pre 
law. Okay? So you need to go back and read about Abraham and what happened with him if you have an issue with riches. Um, so Romans 2.4, it reads, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, his tolerance, his patience, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? And then Romans 9, verses 23. In order to make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he previously prepared for glory. And Romans 10, 12. For there's no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon him. Okay? And then Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now, I included those in there because I wanted you to see that riches goes beyond what we in this world think on, which is money. Because if you don't have money to pay your bills, you can't drive, you can't eat, you can't be warm, you can't be cool, you can't sleep well, whatever it is. Money in this world is a requirement because it pays the bills. It's our bartering system. All right. Back in Abraham's time, they could trade things and they did. In our time, we trade dollars or currency wherever you are in this world. We trade currency for goods and for services. And so don't get caught up in the riches. I want you to understand, and Creflo Dollar does a really good teaching on mammon. I've never heard anybody teach it quite like he does, and he, and he does a really good job. So the Word of God says that mammon is the least of these things. So currency, that is the least of things in this world. And so if we cannot manage and, and be held... Oh, how do I want to say this? If we can't be righteous with mammon, then then how are we going to be righteous with, with any of the things that God's going to honor us with? And so that's a good a good uh, teaching by Creflo Dollar. I do recommend that one, and you can go look for it on the Internet. It He did a whole discussion on mammon that was just really, really good. So, But I wanted you to see that. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Anything that you put above God in your priorities, in your time, then that becomes an idol. An idol becomes an issue. Okay? It will become an impediment between you and God the Father. And if God the Father can't get to you, he can't use Jesus and he can't use the Holy Spirit to get to you. So you need to clear that up. So if you have something, and it doesn't matter, it could be money. Uh, here in the States, it's typically sports. Uh, we see a lot of sports, okay? And that can be an issue, especially sports that are aired on Sundays and then people are, are forsaking going to church so that they can go watch a game and, and those kinds of things. Or they're, they're putting more precedence on other things, worldly things, than they are the things of God. 
And so there's no honor there. And that's, that's an issue. Okay. That's where we really need to, uh, reevaluate. And, and we shouldn't feel bad because at any given time we can repent, which repent is just, it's a head choice. Okay. We decide in our mind, Ooh, I don't want to go that way anymore. I'm going to turn and go back to God. So we repent. We go back to God. We ask forgiveness. We, we receive forgiveness and, and we get into the word and we ask the word to help us with this situation or that situation, whatever it is, it's impeding us. And, and we move on down the road. It's a mind. Look, guys, if you have an impediment, if you have an issue, let it be a speed bump. Don't let it be a permanent location. All right. Get over it as quick as you can and move on down the path that God has for you. So I'm going to stop there for today. I hope this helped you. I pray that you got something out of this. I believe you did. Remember, every Wednesday, ministry shorts, five minutes or less with scripture. And then every Sunday we do a full length podcast. And look, we love to hear from you guys. So keep the comments coming in. You can go to the, the webpage and contact us. And uh, it's truepatriotministries.org slash contact. And there's a little form there you can fill out and send us a note. Or you can find the email address on that page and just uh, connect with us via email. So we appreciate you. We love you guys. Jesus loves you. And have a blessed, blessed Sunday.